so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. What's up? This is Ho Ho Hong Kong. I am Andy Curtin. I'm here with Vivek. You're looking at me. Yeah, I'm waiting You're for looking it. At me. What I'm am I going to go with? My, my, my Maserati? <laughs> I don't know. How to, what is it? What's your I'm going to go with Vivek Mercedes today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a car brand this week. <laughs> Sponsorship, maybe. How do we find you online, buddy? I uh, just uh, type in the words funny Vivek without space in the middle, and you'll probably find me somewhere on some social media. I'm Andy Curtin. I'm on everything, Instagram, all that jazz. And we have a Patreon releasing bonus episodes and other video content and stuff like that every Thursday. Patreon.com, HoHoPod. Uh, thanks to re- recent patrons, Leo, who's actually my cousin. Which okay. Is about that. Uh, and Tristan as well. Thanks so much, guys. There's stuff on there. It's the better stuff, really. Obviously. The better stuff on there, I think. I am super excited for today's guest. We've got radio host, powerhouse, Alison Howe here today. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on. I am so, so thrilled to be on. I'm such a fan of your podcast, guys. Oh, that's really nice. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, it's so good to see you guys. This but is pressure, man. Another radio DJ like looking at us going like, oh, I like your stuff. Well, I feel like podcasting is like the poor man's radio. You yeah. know? Oh, come <laughs> yeah. on. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I started with a very cheap two-cassette holding, uh, one little hold-on-the-machine kind of microphone setup yeah. at home. That's how I started. Wow. Well, let me do a bit of an intro. So you're currently host of Common Room Radio and Teen Time on RTHK's Radio 3. You've done, like, I was just trying to go through your CV. You've covered the Olympics, the World Expo, <laughs> the world premiere for major films like Transformers 4 and Twilight. You've interviewed massive music acts like Backstreet Boys, Maroon 5, Lady Gaga. <laughs> and then there's us. You've yeah. spoken to us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every single guest is just as much of a heavyweight for me. The How much of, of a step down? Yeah, I'm like the art of practicing humility. It's like, all right, I'll give you one hour. <laughs> I thought I'd made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fine. I am chilling on a beautiful... Beautiful mat here. I've got this great setup. I've got great coffee here. So this is fantastic. <laughs> so you're born and raised Hong Kong? Yeah, born and bred Hong Kong, 100%. I made it over here just like me. Hey, look at this. Andy, you're the odd one out today. There you I'm go. usually the odd one out, <laughs> just in general, in life. Yeah. It's, uh, and so I, I saw in an interview, you mentioned that from the age of 16, you knew you wanted to be a radio host. I think I kind of stumbled upon the opportunity, actually. I mean, at 16, every single 16-year-old would be super confused, not sure what to do, and so was I. And I think the only thing that I thought I knew that I wanted to do was to be that voice from a telephone recording system. Oh, okay. All right, please so, hold? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh. So this is a oh, little Oh, so bit, not even the radio. You just yeah. want to be the lady like, you have dialed the, the wrong the, number. Yeah. Exactly. I just <laughs> want to be that voice because there's a huge explanation behind that theory because this is pre-Google days. This is yeah. pre-smartphone days. This is pre 24 hour TV news station day. So when you go to school, you got your uniform on, you got to check the temperature before you step out of the house to see whether you need a sweater today. And this is truly Hong Kong. I don't know whether Viva, you remember this, yeah. but before when we want to check the weather, you dial a number. That is your button, you phone that number and it's a telephone system that will tell you exactly what time it is, what the temperature is, what the humidity is. And that's all that purpose for that hotline is for. So you got like the, the language options for English. I think you call like one at the beginning or at the end, <laughs> something like that. And I dialed that religiously every single day before leaving the house for school. 
And so I was so obsessed with how amazing that was. I would be like in the shower pretending to be for English, please press one. It's like I was. I don't know why. And your parents are like she's doing it again. <laughs> That's what we were singing in the shower. shower. Yeah, exactly. Allison, what's the weather going to be like today? Yeah. I don't know, but if you want English, press one. <laughs> you know what's funny to me is because I, as an Australian, I never pay attention to the weather ever. Right. Like I'm just roll whatever. I don't know. It's just the way we were brought up. Uh-huh. My wife is Russian. Is like you like she, if there was a number, she's just her and her mom. They've talked out like the te- the temperature, humidity, <laughs> yeah. and everything because she come from a place where it ranges from minus 30 to plus 45. Yes. So they need to know. Like, it's death if you don't get it right. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And I'm like, Hong Kong, you can roll out in Hong Kong. You'd be the fine. Whole year, it's pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like the, the weather really matters because, like, once you enter a mall, it's like now that it's winter again. Yeah, the whole or place is, The whole city yeah, is exactly. climate controlled. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> totally. So, depending on how you want to feel, you just go into a mall. I want winter. Now, yeah. I want summer. I'm going to go outside. I want spring. I'll be in the alley. It's okay. It's, it's really thing. funny because every time when you go out and you're in summer, you need to bring a sweater. Yeah. Just when you're going yeah. to the MTR or when you're going to a shopping mall. And when oh, it gets cold in the MTR. It's freezing. Yeah. So that's what I meant. Okay. Uh, so you want to be the telephone voice. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But you got into radio super young. You started Metro Radio. Yeah. So 16. I actually, I won a competition. It's kind of like a radio version of American Idol. So I listened to a radio station on Metro when they were still one of our FM Select. And it was a full-on bilingual channel. They were so cool. They would do like a sponsored... um, It's kind of like a sunset program when they have like really cool jazz music playing around sunset hours. Kind of like a Cafe Del Mar, but like a beer band. Yeah, yeah. And then they also have uh, really cool morning programs where Steve James and Harry Wong will be hosting. Like really cool channel. And I listened to that religiously. And I didn't really know what it is that I was so obsessed about it. I just really enjoyed the music. I loved their vibe. And so I was listening to them. I would tape some of my favorite shows to listen to when I'm home. I would run home to catch the four o'clock, my favorite program broadcast. I was so <laughs> obsessed with that. And then one day, one of the promos came onto the channel saying we're recruiting for New Blood and you just need to send in a demo. If you win, then you get a contract. So I recorded this demo on that double tape yeah, yeah, um, yeah. cassette recorder that I have. Do you still have it? Oh, I burned it. <laughs> <laughs> no one will hear this ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> so I recorded, uh, it was really silly though because I think I started off uh, introducing myself and then I was kind of using music to link into the different spaces in my house. Oh my god, I want to hear it. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> and then it would be like coming into introducing I remember it was a Santana and Rob Thomas oh, song. Oh, back then. Yeah, yeah. Yes, then, then, it was that year. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like queuing to the song and that was it. The whole demo was like seven minute long. And then I flipped to the B-side and recorded an English version for it. Oh, wow. And then... I didn't have the guts to send it out. I just hid it under my bed. Now, my mom would listen to stuff that I listened to. And so she was just tidying up my room one day. And then she was like putting on some random tape that she found under my bed. And then I got home that day. She was like, hey, who is this DJ? I'm like, mm, your daughter? Because, <laughs> you know, when you talk to your mom, you kind of sound more girly. And she's never really I don't listened. sound that girly when I talk to my mom. Okay, maybe not you, Andy. Maybe me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. I'm like, mommy, I'm hungry. Exactly. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> I got my period again. Oh again. <laughs> again. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> so right. mom listened and she asked me who it was and I said it was me and she said, oh, you actually sound pretty good. You Wait, should send it. Wait, what did it. you introduce yourself as? 
Ah. Uh, Did you give it like a DJ name? Like DJ Hao. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Yo, this is MC Hao yeah. Hammer. I don't think I did. Oh. I just think she didn't catch it. Right. Well, she was then again, I mean, just vacuuming somewhere. I mean, and just put it, it on. You, you were imitating the the phone voice. Exactly. Be like for my show, press one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was putting that voice on, ah. and she's never really heard me outside of the shower using that voice. That's oh. kind of a massive compliment, right? I know. She didn't even recognize that you just assumed it was a professional. Yeah. Radio so then host. she asked me to send it out and then I was trying to listen to the radio station again to catch that promo and they don't broadcast that promo anymore and I knew that I missed the deadline ah. still sent it out anyway and then they put me through about a couple weeks later they call me and say hey do you want to come and join the first round wow and we How went through that? do you remember getting that oh my gosh getting that phone call was like are you serious are you, re- are you really what me and then after nine weeks of competition every Saturday we went back and after nine rounds, really, and I came up with the contract. Wow. I won. And how were you feeling about radio at that point? I was intimidated because this is Metro, right? So their station is right in Wampoa underneath a giant boat. Yeah. So I used to live around that area and I used to go watch the DJs do their shows in their studio because Metro was one of the first radio stations where they made everything so accessible that as a fan, you can just go and stare at your favorite DJ. You're just one glass away from watching them do their show. And then they were also the first one to do webcasts. Now, some DJs loved it. Some DJs hated it. So they would put like a little doll in front of the camera. So the whole time you're just watching a doll. (laughs) And if you want, you can just go down to the ice rink. You can stop by and watch them. So for me to actually be in that studio for the first time to do that first round, I was shaking. The whole time I was shaking. My mom came with me one time. My sister came with me for the finale. Because it was just almost like a dream that was never going to come true. It's too far-fetched. It sounds like your mom is pretty supportive. My mom has always been super supportive. Whatever it is that I want to do, as long as it's not too boyish. (laughs) (laughs) Don't wear those hands. Well, that's interesting. So so that means that the radio wasn't seen as boyish at that time? No, not at all. Okay, interesting. So how how do you feel like the, the gender balance was in radio and television at that time? At that time... I think it was very specific. Like, if you're a female host, you're supposed to sound a certain way. You're supposed to sound feminine. You're supposed to play really feminine music. If you're a guy, then you can do a much broader range of stuff. Um, yeah, that's how I felt when do I Do you first think joined. that's changed? Oh, big time. Big time. I mean, if you look at RTHK, for example, Radio 2 for now, every other show there is a gay host. Um, and then we also have um, gender equality programs on the show. It's an issue that we are very bravely talking about. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. And so at what point, because you're 16 at Metro Radio, at yeah. what point were you like, this is it, this is my thing? So after those nine weeks of competition, and they would put us through really ad hoc challenges, like they will ask us to draw envelopes and in the envelope it's an object that you're going to have one minute to think about how to brand it and you need to come up with a 30 second commercial for it <laughs> and is this within the competition or they're just this messing with you in the competition oh, right. I thought it was okay. actually job that like, that's the <laughs> child labor happen alright all right, Allison you think you're pretty good yeah. but sell this pin yeah, yeah. here's a Nike shoe you can't do it do something else with it it's like okay so stuff that I got would be like a box of rubber band or a certain <laughs> water bottle brand and you get given a very limited amount of time to come up with a radio ad 
and they would put you through radio drama where you need to put voices on, and they would ask you to like tag go. Oh, so tag songs and so yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, wow. So you're like completely chopping up the intro of the song to see how how so good you, you are with time. You gonna like connect, let's say, rubber bands to a song after that? Like, oh, speaking like of that. rubber bands, yeah. the next yeah. band. Well, let's bring it back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. This song's quite elastic. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was those competition rounds that made me realize that this is actually really cool because I I did pretty well and. Uh, Yeah, I was like, maybe finally I found something that I really enjoy, mm. and so finally winning it, and then really seeing how these professionals do it, especially when they started editing, especially when they started to really teach me what you need to do as a show host, how you top up to exactly the time to shut up, and just getting to know the real business. Yeah, um, that made me realize that okay, this is. I think I found it. I think I know what I want now. What do you think was your edge over the other people that? Didn't make it. Okay, so here's the thing. In the finale, it was me and two other people, and I was number two the whole show. Um, there was this guy who, to this day, I still think that what if he won? Then it would be a complete game changer for both our lives. And he was fantastic. He's got a great voice. He did really well for everything else that he did. But the only thing that I won was the voting system at the end. Oh. So he was leading the whole way, and then finally, the last five minutes of the program in the finale was when the votes get in, yeah. and you can call in and you can vote for people for your fave. But that's the most that important it. metric, anyway, right? Yeah, the what the people, the people think. Yeah. Popularity, like I know yeah. Americans don't care about that, but the, <laughs> the popular vote should be pretty pretty important, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess I guess for me that was very vividly put. To me, that I think I connect to people in a certain way. Um, I guess I'm quite likable, even at 16. I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, Look at that humility. Like, I mean, so far so good. I yeah. mean, I'm amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I think ultimately, what really set me aside from the other two was my language ability. The fact that I'm fully bilingual made me stand out on so many occasions, even afterwards. So, what makes good radio? Content. Um, for me, one of my mentors used to teach me: if you're doing a radio show, you want your listeners to have something to take away every single show. Whether it was a joke that you talked about that day that they want to repeat to somebody else, is that good? Whether it is a message that you try to convey, whether it was a song that was so good that you played that they remembered it, just something that your audience can take away with. Make that happen for every single show. Well, let me ask you this then: Can anybody find your voice on any of those automatic machines when they call? Yes. They, oh, really? Yeah. Can they? What, really? What's the number? What's yeah. the number? Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what <laughs> Let's we get call? it on the phone now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There are a couple of companies that have been using my voice. Oh, really? You can also get me on one of those really annoying ads on YouTube, like those six seconds that you cannot oh, skip. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. that was me too. Uh, um, some TV commercials and of course the radio program. Oh man, I I, I would I'm gonna start looking out for that. Every time I start calling it on hold, I'm Like what's that? What's that? I'm on hold. <laughs> Say that again. Allison, is that you? Yeah, yeah. When they're like, you, you're next in line. I'm like, no, I'm not yet. Yeah, okay, I'm gonna call again. So here's the funny thing. In our channel, um, we use this um, overseas dialing service card system. So when we dial overseas guests, especially on the morning program, they use a certain branded um, telecom service. Yeah. And every time that they forgot to pay their bills. <laughs> 
is my voice saying that you should pay your bills? I'm not connecting <laughs> your call. Hilarious. <laughs> Who would have figured they'd use your voice to chase someone for money? I know. Dear Mr. That smiles. That's yeah. you know. Like, dear Mr. Deadbait. Exactly. <laughs> We'd love it if you paid us. <laughs> oh, I can feel that. Why that's are you so terrible? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, in the course of doing all of this, I mean, you've got to interview, I guess, some of your star, some mm. of your, your idols. Is yeah. that a fair statement? Yeah. You know, I asked you about it earlier, and you mentioned, uh, I think, Dua Lipa, uh, Lady Gaga. You know, what what is it? What, what when you go into something like that, what are you trying to get out of them? Like, what what do you want? that interview to look like? So there are different levels of interviews in my mind. There would be those that I'm doing it simply because they have a huge fan base in Hong Kong. So I want to be the person who would ask questions that their fans in Hong Kong have been asking about. But it's usually the level of utility, right? Like, for example, I imagine Dua Lipa would have been connected because she played Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I know that because Live Nation ran it. (laughs) 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 Um, So... So, but, but, so what does that look like? Like, so walk me through that process. You go, okay, what do the Hong Kong fans want to hear? What do they want to hear? Well, they always love it when you address something that is super local and you bring it to them. So for interviews, like I've spoken to Kelly Clarkson, for example, and she came at a time where it was Dragon Boat Festival. And I went in with a jong. With those oh, dumplings, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the most I went overrated in. holiday food of exactly. All time. And I wanted to see how she feels about that. And so I would do stuff like that to just let them really get a better taste of Hong Kong. Because honestly, most of these celebrities, they fly in, they check into the hotel, they go do soundcheck the next morning, they play a show and they're out the next day. Or maybe they're midnight. doing like, uh, many of them are doing an Asia tour, right? So they're just yeah. going city, 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 city. So they only really get to see as much as our beautiful airport. Yeah. Or a little bit of that drive from Asia World Expo to airport or their hotel. And they don't really get to see that much of a Hong Kong scenery. Um, so for me to be able to bring a little bit of extra taste for them or like bring a couple of fans in and get their, you know, that the fangirl moment happen, that always, that, that, for me, that's my mission. Um, what, have you had any interviews go poorly? Oh, a couple. Any memorable ones you can share with us? I remember speaking to Ronan Keating once. Oh. And he is such a professional. Yeah. He would be able to make every reporter feel like you're a friend. So I went in. The interview was really well. It was recorded on this MD machine with an extra hold for like one battery at the very bottom. And I was holding it the first time. And for some reason, it started blinking halfway. And then I was like, okay, this is not good. I got 15 minutes with Ronan Keating. Questions are going good. He's sounding great. He's smiling at me. We're vibing. Next thing you know, the whole recorder just stopped because it went out of battery. <sighs> and I was like, did I even record any of that? Yeah. Because oh. that interview was so good. And so midway, I was like flipping the recorder over, trying to like seamlessly change the battery. But obviously he's seeing, he's watching me do the whole thing. Yeah. And he actually very subtly just said, is your recorder out of battery? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, but it's okay. We got this. We're fun. And luckily that was saved. And so there was so enough. you kept talking while you were swapping batteries. I just batteries. kept talking. Pretend that's like a it's pro. no big deal. That's I know. Right that's like Vivek level professionalism, right? <laughs> that's like pretending everyone's good. Like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just keep talking. Yes, what you're saying is irrelevant that's at the my, moment. My depiction of you is like someone could ha- need CPR in the middle of him emceeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he'd be like one hand <laughs> yeah. just yeah. pumping the guy's <laughs> chest yeah. and being like, so next coming up to the microphone. We've got- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would totally do that. I, would t- I could totally see that happening. <laughs> true. And he said, yeah, it's so true. It's very true. And then I've got another time when I was 
speaking to Christina Milian when she first started out, and this was her first song ever, and she was coming to Hong Kong trying to do an Asian promo. Again, same thing. My recorder didn't work the way I wanted it to, and she even sang for us a cappella, and she was amazing. And we did the whole thing, and I checked my tape; it was not recorded. Oh, the whole thing! The oh, whole thing was just little. not rolling. And so I was just sitting out there. I was so new to the business as well. This was like seventeen, oh. and then I was like asking these record company really scary-looking people. I was like, "Is there any chance that I could redo that one more time at the end of this session?" So I waited outside for like half an hour, and they were like, "I'll give you five more minutes." Yeah. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> so ran in, asked her to do the whole thing again, asked her to sing again. She was pro, and it was great. She um, had to sing as well. She had to sing wow. a cappella again. Oh, Wait, man. but all in five minutes. We're gonna talk really fast. Okay, you want to sing a song? Where was your child? Where's the parent? And then during the editing, slow everything down. Yeah, we're gonna double tap. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that, that was 17 and you kept going after that. Well, yeah. there you go. That's a good lesson to go. Exactly. With, like, always check your machines. Uh, Andy, always check your machines. So Andy. Oh, I've done some bad <laughs> <Yeah>. ones. <laughs> I've done a full live shows with a full audience. Yeah. Like yeah. two hour show. We get to the end. Everyone's like, when's the recording coming out? I was like, that wasn't even on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It happens, dude. It's the worst ever. When you're trying to record yourself and you forget to press the record button totally. or it's on standby record, you're like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I, I've always done interview podcasts or like you know for the last six or seven years and so i've had people crying on the mic like that's not that uncommon because you do personal stories and stuff yeah. like that i've had someone bawling and i'm looking and i'm like the <laughs> batteries ran out i don't know how long, <laughs> I don't know how long ago you know? <laughs> i'm like can you just like pause those tears but bring it back because yeah, they were great that's, yeah, good, right? too. that's good podcasting right there <laughs> yeah oh my those God. feelings i want you to hold them and then release them once i have some batteries from downstairs yeah exactly great yeah, keep going keep, keep crying keep crying don't dehydrate <laughs> get some water with those eyes the alcohol if in case you need it. So your parents have been always behind you by the sound of it. My mom has always been behind me. My mom, um, she's a rock star. Uh, in a way, I learned what I know from her mostly. Um, my dad has been away from us since I was seven. So it's always just been a lot of estrogen in the house. That is like such a, like, yeah, I, mean, I have family issues as well. The dad's gone. So yeah. that's, what, that's the theory I have, right? Whenever the dad's not there, the kids get creative. Yeah, exactly. I really think so. You right? hustle harder, you yeah. work harder because you bear that yeah, responsibility yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, family. Exactly. I think that's it. Andy, how do you th leave yeah. your family? <laughs> <laughs> that poor baby. <laughs> for their sake, Andy. My dad was there. He's just mean. <laughs> Would have been nice if he gave us a break for a couple of years. <laughs> That's terrible. No, my, my mom is similar to yours, but my mom's like, I could be anything. Like I, I could be a serial killer. And my mom would be like, he does it so well. <laughs> He's the best. He slices like a professional. Like you wouldn't know it. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be careful if he comes after. <laughs> exactly. But what I said earlier on about my mom would support me to do everything as long as it's not too boyish. Because when I was in secondary school, I almost went a couple directions and she just stared me right back. What kind I, of directions um, are we talking here? One I direction, the band. Hey. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm the Backstreet Boys kind of girl. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Bring that back. You went that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hey. Oh, that's oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you 
Backstreet Boys puns? Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Everybody. Everybody. Wait, can I tell you a funny story? So yeah. my, my wife's Russian, right? And her dad, Korean Russian guy, doesn't speak a word of English. The only word he's ever said in English his whole life. They were at home. He comes home from work every night. He watches the news, Russian news. Yep. He's sitting there. They're all sitting there having dinner. And out of nowhere, the dad just goes, she's a huge Backstreet Boys fan. The dad just goes, Everybody, <laughs> and he never spoke English again. That was it. Wow! <laughs> and did you go? Yeah. They were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. The power of the Backstreet. I know. Honestly, they are the the only reason why I am where I am today. How's it? Well, why is that? Tell me about that. I was so obsessed with them. For the younger audience, my obsession was like Billie Eilish obsessing over Justin Bieber. Uh. I seriously thought that I would marry one of them. <laughs> um, in my head, I was like, okay, so if I really am going to marry one of them, I kind of need to understand what they're saying. <laughs> and then this is pre-Google days again. So if the lyrics of the album don't come into that little insert booklet from the CD then you're screwed, yeah. right? There's no lyrics. Yeah, you keep listening over and back. That's, I want, I will, I will. Yeah, yeah. so I would... Play the first couple of seconds of the song, write down the lyrics, pause it, and then play the next sentence and write it. So I actually dictated the whole <laughs> book of Backstreet Boys lyrics. Oh my God, I've done lyrics. that for comedians, man. I've never done that for songs. Yeah. I would go transcribe different comedians, like, what did you say? How do you say that? Okay, that's interesting. But exactly, yeah, go on. yeah. So I did that. I had like a couple of Backstreet Boys lyrics books, and then I would find people who would be weak enough for me to manipulate to kind of form like a girl band. <laughs> I love and then it. we would sing different harmony parts. I was so obsessed with them. Wow. And then we started singing to these songs. And like, remember, I'm always Hong Kong. I've always been Hong Kong. So when we sing songs like Get Down. Yeah. And I would be going like, get down, get down. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that does not sound right. <laughs> get, get down. Get down. <laughs> get down. <laughs> and move it all around. Exactly. So I'm like, how come they sound so good and I don't? Yeah. So I started copying their accents. And that's how my accent started to change. Listening to them. I was like watching their LPs. Yeah. Yeah. With their interviews and stuff, I would like stick a little black tape under my TV where the subtitles come in so I have no cheats and I would yeah. like force myself to listen because I knew I want to meet them one day and I yeah. need them to understand me. I need to understand them too. And then it got kind of aggressive and I was like, right, how do I meet them? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a stalker. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I Maybe clearly... Maybe if I find out where they live. Maybe yeah. they're at the Oh, I knew street. exactly where their addresses yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, okay, so when they come to Hong Kong, what would give me a chance to meet them? Clearly at the airport holding a banner is not good enough. So I was like, okay, I clearly don't have a face for TV, so forget about that. Oh, Maybe. whatever. Well, <laughs> you have not met 16-year-old Allison. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Maybe I would try radio. And that's why I was so obsessive over radio. I was thinking like, if I if I get a job on the radio, then maybe I can interview them. And by doing that, we will talk to each other and they will fall in love with me and we'll get married. Yeah. So right. the passion for radio was really a passion for marrying a Backstreet Boy. Absolutely. <laughs> that is phenomenal. And then you, you achieved it. I mean, this is phenomenal. You achieved it. Yeah, I did. How like, was that interview? Did you tell them this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years onwards, they came to Hong Kong without Kevin. So they were like a foursome. Oh. And then they came to Hong Kong. They put a show on uh, at uh, the arena again. And oh, then, the usual, yeah. Yeah. And then... Sony asked me to host the press conference and they knew about my obsession. Oh. So they were like, Alison. Sony did. And they were like, yep. give us a quotation. Alison's like, oh God, can I quote this? <laughs> I will pay you. <laughs> Let me do the gig. Yeah. And I was like, I did so many cheap gigs for them as well yeah, to yeah. hopefully lead me up to this. Yeah. And so that, that call finally happened and it's like, yes, okay. So when we 
did the whole press conference. It was a press meet. It was a stage. It was like the whole Asian press were there. I did everything so professionally, but my heart was pounding so much. I got a tight dress on. I was young at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of my favorite has always been AJ. Like AJ has my heart. And by the end of it, we were shaking hands. I was shaking. Yeah. And then AJ held my hand and was like, you did a beautiful job and you're beautiful. I was oh. like, Oh. I'd love to get like a neurologist to like map your brain. <laughs> yeah, the MRI yeah. machine just broke. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <like>, yeah. <laughs> How do you light up the whole brain? Yeah, it's like this yeah. is a brain on acid, and this is a brain <laughs> when AJ says you're beautiful yeah. after exactly. ten years of trying to marry him. <laughs> He's like, you're beautiful. You're like, I do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's like, what? <laughs> I would love to see the person you spoke to next. <laughs> yeah. like, like my so Allison, you want to get some coffee? You're like, what? <laughs> Don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't exist. Yeah. Talk to the head. Oh man, it you're was just good. floating around the room. And then after that, you know, that stage event, we also did some one-on-one interviews as well. So I was speaking to Nick, and then I spoke to AJ as well. And then we finally got that one-on-one Were you time at that point. I was not married, but he was. Ah. And also, I grew up to be the woman that I was when I met her, when I met them, and they said that I was beautiful, but they also grew up to be the Backstreet Uncles. So that They're kind old of, dudes at that yeah. point. Yeah. That kind of connection was not quite how it was when yeah. we were you know, all super young. Yeah. Do you have an expression in Cantonese and Mandarin, they say like a guai shushu, like a weird uncle? Oh, why so so? No, I think I think maybe there's no term in Cantonese, but everyone knows there's always that weird uncle. Every yeah. family. <laughs> that, that's universal. That's yeah. universal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Every Chinese year, you're like, oh, he's coming. He's not getting married. Uh, no license. I him. love that why you finally here? got there, and you're like, this is great. You guys got old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it definitely took a huge box for me. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. fantastic, man. I mean, like, uh, that's the thing. I think once you, uh, it's it's good that you weren't kind of disappointed after meeting them. A lot of times, you know. You I feel like, oh, I guess this guy's an asshole. Yeah. There, there's a real common thing I've, you know, I've, I've read in a lot of, especially like entertainment, where people get that big goal mm-hmm. and then there's a kind of a feeling of emptiness after it because it's like, well, I hit the. You always think about like, you ever see Gary Shandling, his documentary? No. He spent 15 years trying to get on The Tonight Show and then he got there and he was just totally. Like oh yeah, there's like nothing lost more, right? As a human, and now like, what? Yeah, that was every. That was the only thing I was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what impact did it have on you doing that interview? I think during that time I was kind of at my prime, so the work was constant, and celebrities were coming through constant, and it was me realizing what else is out there. So for me, the, the chase never stopped. I kept looking out for artists that I enjoy. I kept looking out for other people that I wanted to speak to. And then I expanded from doing only music interviews to people who I find inspiring. So the chase became something else. So wait, did you ever get a chance to interview Kevin though? No. Ah, so you have not got the complete Backstreet Boys experience. I have not then. got it. Haven't got the full collector's item. <laughs> I yeah, know. You don't. Oh, man. And the worst part was when I finally met them on the one-on-ones, I asked somebody else to do the photo for me afterwards. Yeah. And they all came out blurry. Oh, oh really? That's the worst. I know. I tell worst. you, man, like, I went to watch Bill Burr live in Hong Kong when he came here. And right. like, to me, like, he's a big, big adult of mine, right? So yeah. I'm watching him from the second row going, like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And we finish. He's taking photos. I'm running to him, like, don't leave yet. 
He's walking away. I'm like, please, Mr. Burway. <laughs> I get the photo. I'm like, take another one. Take another photo. I don't trust your hands. Take another photo. I want three or four shots of that. Yeah. No blur picture for me, man. I can't Photoshop that stuff. I know that feeling. You're like, I just want that photo. Just give me that photo. That, that exactly. was there. Because oh. Vivek actually, he only became a stand-up comedian because he wanted to marry Bill Burr. Yeah. That was That's right. <laughs> yep. That's right. And yep. unfortunately, Bill Burr came to me. He's like, yeah, you're not my type. I'm like, oh, <laughs> see, I'm beautiful. Why can't you say I'm beautiful? Like, you're racist. You're a dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, and you're married. Oh, this doesn't work for me. <laughs> Um, so you had a crazy story. Can you tell us about uh, having to switch rooms or potentially switch rooms with uh, some big name person at the uh, <laughs> 20th anniversary of the handover? Yeah. So this was 2017, Hong Kong SAR turning 20th birthday. And I've always been doing flag racing ceremonies um, on the 1st of July and also the 1st of uh, October. So... SAR Establishment Day and also National Day. When we do flag racing is a huge chunk of work. So we do real-time rehearsal the day before, and then we would do, because the, the reason why it's so important is because not just because it's telecasted, but it's also a lot of parties involved. Right at the very last note of the national anthem is when both flags are up at the top, helicopters flying over, you've got the sea service spraying water from their huge vehicles. It's like everything happening on one note. So we had to run loads of rehearsals just to make sure that that one second works out perfectly. And so this was the 20th anniversary, extra important, huge yes coming through. And this was also a time where things started to shake up a little bit in Hong Kong. And so the entire Wan Chai area was shut down because of the people who were attending. And I just gave birth that April. And so they booked me for the gig. I'm like, okay, it's not even been three months, but I'll do it. And so they put me into a hotel. They were saying at the beginning, can you stay in the hotel for two nights because we're going to do extra rehearsals because it's the 20th. I'm like, nope, can't do it. Baby can't go without mommy. I'll stay for one night. And so I was supposed to be in one of the hotels in Wan Chai and there was another hotel right next to it that was supposed to be blocked off as well. So the whole area was locked down. Um, checked in and I was like, hang on, isn't the other hotel nicer? And so... It was post-event that they told me, I think we actually swapped rooms for you and that other team because they realized that the more expensive hotel only has two exits, whereas the cheaper hotel has an extra one. So for safety reason, we swapped rooms from the two hotels. So potentially, I was staying in the floor, well, in the room on the floor where president she would have been staying in wow oh boy yeah wow that intense oh my goodness like you'd have to be talk quietly in your room like okay just uh, <laughs> i was just <laughs> pumping breast milk in my own <laughs> <Pumping quietly. laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, none of that none of that it's uh yeah i was just thinking because my uh, you know i got two kids as well you got two daughters yeah I, I i've got a son and a daughter and uh that if you if you're breastfeeding then taking a d night off is kind of problematic right i know switch into a bottle yeah so other people would just be rolling with like a travel bag my my male co-host 
travels so light. Like he was that just going to a gym. Pump sand. Oh, <laughs> that. Yeah. Without a baby working there. up to that till like 3 a.m. all the time. Just I know. Like, you know. Yeah. You I know, breastfeeding. You see photos of breastfeeding with like a really peaceful mom with a very peaceful baby. It's beautiful. That happens. But at the beginning stage, is hell. Just brutal. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't complain about it because I was like <laughs> sleeping at the time. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So that was that was a gig that I couldn't miss. And so I had to do whatever I had to do to be a part of it. So I think one of the like big standout parts of your story is just the this link between you having such a clear goal and and not only going for it but achieving it, you know. You got daughters now, like what what do you want to tell the young people of Hong Kong who, you know, I guess like it's very common here for people to kind of not be encouraged to chase their dreams. Yeah. Is that is that fair? Yeah. What 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 do you want to tell people? It's that are okay. thinking that they have something. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest realization looking back and so far my career path is that it's okay to be confused. You know, sometimes sometimes people don't understand themselves until they're much older in life, and that's totally fine. Um, for me, teenagers, it's being a teenager is hard. You know, you got your friendships to look out for. You want to do things because you want to be friends with somebody. You get easily influenced. And especially now with, you know, things that you see on Insta, things that you see, things that you think that you want to achieve, they might not be exactly what's the perfect fit for you. So it's totally okay to be confused. But ultimately, understand yourself and really try to observe your feelings when you do things. Because wow, I'm going to use that on my stand-up. I'm just going on stage, do a bit, nobody laughs. It's okay to be confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's okay>. totally. <laughs> you may not get this moment. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. It's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> many don't my don't judge yourself as an audience member. It's okay to be confused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Many people take years to understand my bit. <laughs> Come back. Come back when you do. Yeah. And even if and you can remind the youngster audiences that if you're like obsessing to marry somebody, don't worry. It's there might okay. be a chance. Things You're not weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might have a whole new career lying in front of you. <laughs> Tell us about the time you took uh, you took the baby to the clock and flat for an interview. Hey. So yeah, this was uh, baby Annie again, my firstborn. And clock and flap happened when she was super young as well. And I- I'm a concert goer. I never missed a concert. Yeah, so for people not in Hong Kong, Clock and Flap, we had Justin Sweeting from Clock and Flap on yeah. here. Massive music. This is the biggest music festival biggest. in Hong biggest, Kong? Yeah, 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 huge music festival here. Yeah, so every time when Clock and Flap happens, we get lined up for pretty much two, sometimes even three solid days of back-to-back interviews. So every time somebody steps off a stage or finish the sound check, we're going backstage to do interviews. And I get a whole season of material done out of three days. And so this was me going to the festival. I bought so much stuff because I had a baby with me as well. Oh, yeah. So I got like the the, the soundproofing earphones. Oh, I got yeah, like yeah. the carrier and everything. And then I got my husband as well. <laughs> <laughs> In a bag? Yeah, talk about baggage. <laughs> In a pram. Uh, yeah. No, he was fantastic. So I had to be backstage and do my thing. And How crazy is it being backstage on a big stage? Humongously. You just like, because you can't, often you can't see the crowd clearly, yeah. but there's just thousands of people. You hear like the right noise. Yeah. yeah. Especially music, right? Music yeah. is so much bigger than and the editing afterwards is so much of a nightmare sometimes <laughs> um but yeah so i went there to interview one of the headliners off the show and my husband was waiting outside for me with the baby and obviously the baby got a little bit unresty 
<laughs> closer to the end of that interview. And so my husband decided to just kind of take a peep inside and see what's up. And so that the baby could see mommy in there too. And as soon as they peeped, I knew, because you can hear your babies cry, right? You know that oh, it's your yeah. baby cry. Oh yeah, through, cuts through thousands of people screaming, easy. Exactly, so I was like trying to focus on my interview, but I heard that my baby was crying. So I looked over and there they were, I'm like, <gasps> And this time, I couldn't keep my composure, right? I couldn't pretend like nothing was happening. And the artist caught it too. And she was like looking over as one. And was like, that's my baby. <laughs> and luckily, That man stole my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be right back. <laughs> and then she was so game. She was like, oh, bring them in. I want to meet them. And so baby, husband all came backstage. And we all had a good time. I love that like you interview your idol. You're cool. Don't miss a beat. But like you're just interviewing anyone and the baby's there. You're like, ah. This is falling I apart. Know, <laughs> I know, but now I don't do that anymore. They're grown up. Yeah. <laughs> now they know the trick. They're like, just cry, just cry, mommy. Yeah, yeah. They don't get to bust us. in on your interviews. Now anymore. I'm just like, I put on some Peppa Pig. You stay here. Mommy needs 15 minutes of silence. Yeah. <laughs> That's Peppa amazing. Pig, saving everything every day. I know. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, it's thank been you. awesome. I really appreciate all the insight.